Hey, everybody. It's Axel. Before we start the show, I want to tell you a little bit about a company called Studio Sweden. They reached out and they offered to give me a free pair of headphones if I come on the show and tell you if I like them. I was a little nervous because what happens if I don't like them? You know, I'm not going to come on here and lie. I'm going to have to send them back. But I took a look at the website, thought it would be pretty cool. They sent them out. Let me tell you something. They're awesome. They're Bluetooth headphones, wireless. They pair with your phone in about two seconds. And not only that, they're super high quality. This isn't cheap stuff, man. These are really comfortable on your ears. I'm an audio video guy. I've been making movies and stuff for like 20 years. And headphones, you keep them on your head too long. You feel like you got a headache. I got a big Irish head. I feel like they're squeezing me. They don't feel like that. They pair. They have like a 30-foot range, 24-hour battery. Um, if you leave them alone, you can leave them alone for like 20 days and the battery will hold. They're just really high quality. So check it out. Go to studiosweden.com, studiosweden.com. Use the code WINNERFELL15. That's WINNERFELL15 because you'll get 15% off of any purchase. Uh, these are great quality headphones. You've got to get a pair of headphones like this. It really changes the way you do things. And for me as a stay-at-home dad, it's an added advantage. Anyway, I'll be back in the middle of the show to tell you a little bit more. But here's Heath and I. Studio Sweden, Winterfell 15. Thanks a lot. Dedicated to HBO's Game of Thrones and George R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series. You're listening to Podcast Winterfell. Sounds good. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Podcast Winterfell. This is the initial reaction for Season 7, Episode 3, The Queen's Justice. Podcast Winterfell is part of the DVR Podcast Network. You can check us out at DVRPodcast.com. I want to start out just by thanking our newest patron, Ben Davies. I uh, stalked him on the Twitter so I could thank him, and I also saw he likes Lego like me. I'm a big Lego guy. I, love, I have a big Lego collection. And uh, Heath Solo, when you came to my house years ago, did I have that big Lego collection? Um, I think, I want to say you were starting it. I don't know if it was as big as it is now. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> that's what you said. All right. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> so here we are, everyone. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. Um, the Queen's Justice. There's kind of two queens here who I guess kind of got justice. You see it that way. Um, Solo, what is, what's your overall impressions of the episode? Uh, I enjoyed the episode. I thought the dialogue and the scenes uh, were very well done. A couple of things I might have had an issue with. Uh, Sans a little finger stuff. But all in all, I, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I, I wasn't expecting like any big wars or anything. Now, the Tyrion voiced over at the end with the attack on Castle Rock and stuff like that. I definitely want to talk through that with you because uh, I'm not sure if I liked that or not. Uh, but we'll get into it. But overall, I, I of course, it's Game of Thrones. I enjoyed it. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, a couple things struck me. I thought it was actually very funny. 
I, I, I thought the Euron stuff was hilarious. I thought when Danny said to Tyr- when Tyrion was like, a wise man once said, and I can't remember what he said. And then Danny, Danny just like broke it down to him and was like, are you passing off your own quotes as historical <laughs> <laughs> quotes? And he was like, I would never do that to you. Um, and I just, I, there's a lot of humor in this. I liked it. I like the direction that it's going in. I was a little bit surprised by what happened, but overall I'm not going to give this like a 10.5 or whatever, but I would say, you know, solid game of Thrones episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Actually looking forward when I went back and did the recap, looking forward to watching it again. Me too. Cool, man. All right. Uh, let's, uh, if we don't have anything else, uh, let's get to the old, uh, scene breakdown here. Let's do it, Derek Ailey's. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, okay. So the first thing we have is that again, we open on Dragonstone, uh, like last episode and, um, we're seeing the waves crash. John arrives, John meets Tyrion. They have a nice chat. The, um, the Unsullied and Dothraki take their weapons and it, it's kind of like you can tell right away that though we're super excited to see John and Danny, there still are some formalities here that we're going to have to deal with. So what did you think about this scene? Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I exactly. For some reason, because we've been waiting, or at least I've been waiting for this uh, John and Danny to meet and I'm thinking they're just going to hug and be all happy and I forget oh wait a minute they don't know each other <laughs> we see them on the screen every week but it's so the one thing I was like who's going to take uh, John's sword <laughs> long claw or iron claw I forget what I always get it confused what's his what's the sword's name I believe it is long claw I think you were right long claw yeah, Longclaw. I was like, wait, who's going to grab Longclaw? Don't give it up, John. But I know he had to. Uh, but again, they're really establishing Dragonstone. Some, this time it was like waves and crashing waves and against the rocks. And it just, for a second there, I was like, wait, what's going on? It, it just threw me out, but it was beautiful. Uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, I was surprised, Axel, that they started the episode right off with this. I thought this was going to be something we'd wait to the end to see. Yeah. I liked that they did that too. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and it kind of threw me right into the episode. You know, I was just all of a yeah. sudden at attention. I, cause I thought what we were going to get is I thought of the waves. Oh, we're going to get, Oh, you're going to see Danny waiting for him. And then, Oh, here we go. And it was just really great to see John see Tyrion again. And they did the old, they didn't overdo it, but they did the old kind of thing where you're like, is that that asshole? Yes, it is. Ah, come over here, you asshole, you motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like, like, you know what men do when they haven't <laughs> seen each other in a long time, you know? Um, and I thought that was great. And they shared a kind of moment there. Uh, yeah, I thought it was cool, man. I mean, it's been a long time since they've seen each other and they mentioned it. That was awesome, too. Um I like Davos was kind of, you know, John was not sure whether to give the weapons, but he did. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because it was like it got, it, it's like it happened several times over this whole thing where it gets kind of a little heightened, but it, it never went over, you know? It always kind of stayed, um, 
a little bit at level. No one, no right. one went out of control, you know, and I think that says something to what they were talking about, about their, not being their fathers, you know? Yeah. So I, I, th- I thought the, uh, that scene worked. Uh, I, I remember, yeah, the, like you mentioned, the reference of last time I saw you were pissing off the wall. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, cause I mean, as soon as I saw them talking, I thought of that scene. So thought it was, uh, I, I love the throwbacks. I don't know if it's just cause we're, the writers are doing it cause we're getting towards the end, but I, I just love when it's referenced, other things are referenced and it's, it's just kind of cool. Yeah. Because it makes, I mean, especially for us as non-book readers, it makes you feel like you're in on it now. Yeah. You know, that like instead of somebody calling back Aegon the whatever, you're you're like, I remember when they pissed off the wall, you know, (laughs) that was me that watched that. Um, so yeah, I kind of thought that that was cool, man. Um, so then they have this really great shot where they're walking up that stone bridge and mm-hmm. John and Tyrion kind of continue the conversation. And it's interesting. It's very similar. Tyrion is so skillful because in many ways he's using this as an opportunity to kind of prepare him for Danny, mm. you know, and kind of say, kind of just, I think, make him know that, hey, look, this is gonna, this is a little bit different and you're welcome here and I trust you. And I think that Tyrion was really trying to kind of give John signals of like, you know, don't be, don't be such a sourpuss fricking 30 seconds to Mars, you know, like lighten <coughs> up. You're, you're, you've done well. Look, we've had a long journey. Go in there and, and like, let's, let's get something done, you know? Yeah. And I, I love, you know, when the dragons flew over. That's probably one of my favorite scenes, favorite moments of the episode. Because, uh, you know, we're so used to, again, we're used to as viewers the dragons. But, you know, John Davos probably have never seen a dragon, <laughs> as far as I can remember. And so it was like their look was like, oh, it, it was priceless. They're looking around and everyone else is standing. It's like, well, you never get used to Tyrion's like, you never get used to uh, seeing dragons or whatever comment he had. It was, I thought it was a, uh, a nice moment there. Yeah, definitely. That was kind of funny. And I couldn't tell. What did you think, Solo? Do you think that that was... Do you think that the drag... I, I, do you think the dragon was doing that on purpose? <sighs> I, you almost feel like it, they are because new people are entering and they're kind of doing a flyover, checking them out, seeing what's going on. I mean, I don't know how conscious the dragons are. I know their relationship with Danny and when Tyrion unchained them, but it just almost felt like it, it was like, hey, don't don't try anything funny. Kind of like almost like a, a scouting mission. I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just kind of feel that way. Yeah, cool. I totally agree with you, man. Um, anything else on that scene? No, I just thought that <laughs> I'm just like with with us again, being the three eyed ravens we are. We know that John is half Targaryen, so I'm almost like, is the is the dragon gonna come up and smell John and all this? I was like, these things were going through my head, um, but 
No, that's interesting. You know, that's an interesting point. And we actually, we did get that line where Tyrion said, the Starks don't do too well going down south. And then John <laughs> was like, I'm not a Stark, you know? And uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh. um, I thought that was kind of cool. You know, they're always throwing shit in there like that, you know? And yeah. that was one of the... Um, that was one of the that was one of the more memorable ones I can remember post actually finding out that he confirming that he wasn't a Stark. You know, they've had others before. So mm-hmm. I thought that that was kind of cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, cool. All right. Now we have, you know, Melisandre's looking over the cliff. A lot of people looking over cliff. This is like uh, I'm looking over the cliffs of Dover. Um, a lot of stuff like that. And then I just started thinking about the Blur song. Okay, back. Here we go. <laughs> the white kiss of Dover. Uh-oh. Uh, you, know, you don't remember that song? I don't know. Were you a Blur guy? <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit. Okay. I, it was a blur in my memory, but um, yeah, a little bit. A little okay. Bit. I love Blur. Uh, well, Melisandre tells Varys she's leaving. He thinks uh, he kind of um, is like... Well, actually, the first thing is that he's kind of like, why aren't you greeting them? She's like, well, you know, blah, blah. Uh, I'm not really going to tell you. And then they kind of <laughs> spar back and forth. And then the next thing you know, she kind of she kind of gives it up without saying exactly what she did. And that she's going to get the hell out of there and go to Volantis, which I think is awesome. Um, and then uh, Varys kind of threatens her. And then she says, uh, don't worry, we're both going to die in this foreign land. Um, and then she walks away and Varys looks out and sees a kind of messed up ship on its return, looking like it's coming back from Euron's uh, triumphant battle. Oh, that's a good point, Axel. I, I didn't notice the ship. I was, you know what? I was really watching Varys in this scene. And he just, when he was threatening Melisandre and whatnot, he just... I don't know. It's one of the first times I've seen his face like he was evil. I got this weird vibe from him. I, I, even when he was torturing the man who, you know, tortured him, uh, when he was opening the box, he was calm and Varys-like. But he just, with Melisandre, I don't know if he sees something bad in her or what, or knows, because he is a spider, uh, has his spiders listening. He just, his facial expression seemed very, very mean. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree with you. I don't even know if it was mean. It was a, it was like a mix of fear, anger. Um, I just, uh, I'm just going to say it. I think that at this point they are heavily telegraphing that Varus is going to is going to or has already um, defied Danny and went behind her back. I don't know if he's fully oh. in league with Euron and Cersei. I don't. I just think that he may have decided at this point that these dragons are. It, this is just too much magic. Every time he gets keeps on getting mad about it, but he's not. The issue's not being solved. He does not trust these people. Like, he's telling her not to come back. But what what fucking right does he have to say that? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's and, and, the, and the stupid fucking thing about it is he doesn't even know about all the Shireen stuff. 
and all that kind of stuff. He's basically telling her not to come back based only on the fact that she's a red priestess, right? What does Varys know of her? Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. That's, yeah, that's why I got this. I, I, I think you might be right with that theory that Varys is already had the ball rolling in that way because it just, oh man, it just seems, I mean, he goes to Dorne and is like, blah, 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 and gets, you know, Tyrells and, you know, um, Sand Snakes and, and then all of a sudden, like, they're caught, you know, and they, I don't know, it just, it, it does, it didn't make sense. And then with his viciousness and ordering Melisandre around, per se, like he did, Shay back in season two, but Shay didn't leave. Uh, I like the little uh, kind of difference there, but yeah, I don't know. And I'm wondering if Melisandre feels defeated and she's just going there and giving up because she does feel, you know, she's backed Kings before, but it, it hasn't worked. So I wonder if she's even, she's doubting a lot. So I don't know. She's not at the highest. I almost think she needs to go with the brotherhood without banners maybe mm-hmm. that crew to get her, her mojo back. But I, I might have to, I always thought Varys was a good guy and I liked him, but you're right. He, he might've already double crossed them. Yeah. Um, I think that, and, and for me, um, I have to shout out Aziz on uh history of Westeros. Cause I was thinking about this and he kind of put it into good word, good, like idea being a book guy, know a little bit more about the character. Um, I just think that that overall, I I think it's almost like, I mean, just go back to like the whole idea that the white walkers or the dragons are like nuclear bombs, right? Right. They are the unstoppable weapon. And I think Varys feels like she is not stable enough to have this weapon. In fact, no one is. And I think that, like, he might, maybe he's going to take out a dragon. That's what I think Aziz said. Or maybe he's already double-crossed her, like you said. But that's why I think he was like that in that episode. And you picked up on it. You're an actor. It really was good in his face, right? Yeah. No, I, I sensed a change in him. It almost like he let out a little more than he usually does. Because he usually is just Varys, just calm face, tight face, great expressions, but not like this. This was, and they keep bringing up about, you know, wanting a young girl assassinated. And I keep thinking of that. Uh, And then Robert trying to do it. So it just, uh, it's just maybe, uh, who knows, maybe our friend Jorah, as we'll talk about later, will come and save Khaleesi from Varys. Oh, man, Solo. You see these things. That's a good one, man. I like that. (laughs) I I like that. Um, All right. So he sees that ship, and that's what kind of brings um, our next scene to a close. But we should talk about it before we talk about how it ends. And that's John meets Danny. Um, Yeah, this is it, man. Um, John meets Danny. It's really awesome. Um, uh, I... I really thought I was thinking to myself, like, this is the day that John became king. 
You know, I mean, I think <laughs> he really, I was really impressed by not only the character, but the actor too. I felt like this was, a, I, I felt like he really held his own. And if anything, I felt like Danny was being, I mean, she is like this. That's how they've done her character where like sometimes she throws off convention and sometimes she relies on it. And it's usually, right. that's what a lot of leaders do. Um, but I love the scene. I thought it was fantastic. I can't wait to see it again. What did you think solo? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, it, it is, you know, I don't know if it's over analyzing watching the show too much, but to see Danny, cause I, I guess we saw her emotions through the years up and down up and down you know we saw the lighter side of her the stronger side when she met dario naharis it it changed it was a wave now it's all business as soon as she got onto the earth of westeros she's all about boom i am the queen you're not seeing any scenes of her vulnerable because Dario's not there. She's probably not having sex with anyone. We're not seeing her downtime. It's all about business because we're getting towards where she wants to be. And so I, I catch myself a little bit like, ooh, like, I'm like, she's, she's good. She's, <laughs> she's going at it. But I agree with you with Kit Harrington. He's gotten so much better as an actor. And I love the dynamic between the two of them and Davos coming in. Davos is doing his thing he did for Stannis, trying to explain. And when he catches himself, he's about to basically tell the story of John getting resurrected and John stops him. But we, we know Danny picked up on that. But, uh, but what? Why do you think I'm just like I get, I guess maybe I'm not thinking thinking it through as much. But I'm like, dude, just bend the knee and everything will be great. Why won't John bend the knee? Why won't he? Um I I you know, conversely, I think why is she so fucking insistent on it if she's the breaker right. of chains, you know? Yeah. She keeps on saying her big speech is, right, I'm going to break the wheel. Well, motherfucker, if you want to break the wheel, guess what? You're going to have to take some chances for yourself, too. Breaking the wheel isn't only about imposing your will on other people. It's about making decisions that actually put you in a vulnerable state so others can trust you. And that's not what she's doing here. And I... I don't know. I mean, look, it, it's a television show. It goes back and forth. And I'm sure the book is the same way. I mean, eventually, as we see later, they come to uh, an agreement, you know, a, a, an unsteady alliance. And I think the lesson is that they stayed they stayed calm. They didn't overreact, you know. Um, <clears throat> there were certain points where he... But I, I just want to say... Uh, I guess the reason he didn't do it solo is because he still holds to those conventions too. You know, mm -hmm. even though he denies it, he knows that the reason, the reason those conventions exist is because it means that people put their trust in you. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. And that's a good point because if he does bend the knee, then maybe he doesn't get what he wants. Maybe she orders him around more and doesn't. So I guess, it, again, it's like poker. 
I realized, you know, he can't just give in to everything. You're the greatest, Danny, and I'll do whatever you want. I know they're there for a reason. And so, you know, I get it. I just, I guess I, at first I'm like, just bend the knee, do it. But then, you know, after hearing you, you know, talk about it and thinking about it a little more, like, oh, oh yeah, all right. You can't just give in just yet. I don't know if that's a sign of weakness, uh, if if he did, but it, it was, you know, as the episode goes on, it looks like that. I mean, he, I mean, he's not going to back Cersei, so who's he going to back? Yeah, you know, so so that's why I guess I'm looking at it that way. But again, in John's head, he's ready for White Walkers. We got to defeat these and the Night's King, these sons of bitches, before anything else. Yes, definitely, and that's something I wanted to say. I rarely like raise my hands and go like, yes, while I'm watching. But when he started in with the, we're all a bunch of children playing a game. And we're all <laughs> going to be dead unless we do something about the White Walkers. This is ridiculous. Like, I just felt like, thank God. I was so happy he was saying it. And I guess we've never really had Danny talk about the White Walkers or, I mean, like I said, she's kind of said like, or Tyrion, I think at one point said, winter is coming, but they don't mean the White Walkers. They just mean the natural, weird, strange seasons that they have on this planet or whatever. Because I don't know if they even seem to have that in Essos, which is, I don't know if that's ever explained in the books. Some book reader is going to have to tell me on Twitter or something. Um, yeah. Is it only Westeros that has this and thus that's it's caused by the White Walkers and the magic? Okay, whatever. Anyway, long story short, I loved it. I loved when John said that. I'm so happy that that is becoming now something that's a part of Danny's world and that she has to think about and consider. And I thought it was interesting the way she didn't, a hundred percent really believe him in the beginning. Meanwhile, there's fucking dragons flying around. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyway. Okay. Moving. Do you want to say anything else more about that awesome scene? No, man, let it percolate. I can't wait to hear what others say about it. I loved it. Me too. Me too, man. I think it'll be remembered in the canon of, uh, of great moments in game of thrones i think they nailed it i actually really do i think they nailed it i agree with you man i, I really enjoyed it and, and that's the one thing about this episode axel it is we had a lot of talking but it was so engaging and i just was so into it i it, it you know great dialogue and great scenes is like most people reading a book <laughs> you know like i just I, i'm more of a visual person but I was just so into it. I felt like I was turning the page and just like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I agree. Awesome, man. All right, next scene, I really, who gives a fuck? Theon gets pulled onto an iron ship. Now we know Theon's back with his people, but they kind of have intuited that he let his sister get captured. I really don't care. Yeah, uh, I don't either. Uh, now, are, this, are these the people against Euron? That were yeah, with, yeah, they're yeah, the, yeah. they're they're Theon's people. Yeah, okay. That's I, I just wanted to make sure because I, yeah, they would have killed him or tortured him or yeah. did something. They just leave oh, him oh, there. Okay, you're right because the other side is Theon's people too. I'm sorry. Well, you're yeah. right. That's Yara's soldiers. Yara's, yes, Yara's those soldiers, are Yara's yeah. soldiers. Um, 
Now, I shouldn't say I should didn't care. We're here to analyze the show. I'll just say this. I don't have much to add to this. At this point in time, I have to pinpoint the fact that I am by far, by far the least interested in what happens if Theon now has his own story. Um, I'm going to give him a chance. I'm not going to turn off the TV. I'm not going to fast forward. I'm going to watch it. And if it's good, I'll say it's good. But honestly, this was just a quick scene. Now we know Theon's alive. Let's move on. Yeah, uh, I think all in all, Theon helping Sansa get rescued was a big, big, big to do. He did that. I'm glad uh, that was in his storyline. But the fact that he went coward again, to me, makes sense. But I still don't care about him now yeah, either. He can go with a threesome with Obama Worm and Melis- uh, Masande yeah. to put them in one storyline. <laughs> Okay. Thank God. <laughs> All yeah. right. That's right. Look, she could have two guys with no penises. Oh yeah. I didn't even think um, of that. I wasn't but, even thinking uh, that. But yeah. Okay. Anyway, but again, I'll go on record. I still think I think Grey Worm has penis. I'm not going to make a thing about it. It's becoming a thing now. I'm going to let it go. Okay. <laughs> now, now on to a thing that was a thing, but not to, not as a thing anymore. I'm not saying urine anymore. Uh, Tracy told me not to do it. It's getting old. Okay, so I'm moving on. Euron. Euron marches into King's Landing. This was hilarious, man. I fucking love this guy. He is having so much fun with this character. It's believable, too. He's weird. He's funny. He's confident. I just thought the whole thing was great, man. You know? Yeah, I just love Euron, man. I love this actor. Um he so basically the sequence of events is he marches in he presents Alaria to Cersei 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 at one point when he says you know what i want she says when the war is won you'll get what you want and Jamie hears that too um right and then Euron proceeds to the it, the scene kind of ends with Euron taunting Jamie <laughs> and asking him whether Cersei likes a finger up her ass or something. So uh, what did you think about this whole series here of Euron marching on parade? Does I know we didn't see a lot of young Jamie Lannister. Do you think Euron has a lot of qualities that a young, cocky Jamie Lannister would have had? Um, because, I, I mean... Probably times five, but it almost feels like the confidence, the cockiness. Not that our Jamie from season one, when we first met him, he seemed to kind of have that, I guess, brashness, but not going over the top like uh, Euron is. But I almost feel like it's the young, cocky Jamie Lannister against the old, beaten down, mature one. So I just I kind of felt that dynamic a little bit, um, but yeah, man, he he's a scene stealer. Him and Jamie are gonna bud heads, and now I'm thinking maybe he'll push him out the window too, <laughs> with 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 uh, Cersei. But uh, man, this this Euron is making. I mean, we've had our Joffreys, our Ramsey Boltons, etc. This is the new one, but I, but like in a way, I like him. I know it's, I just, I just, I'm not rooting for him per se, but I, 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 when he's on the scene, I I look forward to it. Dude, it's almost like they save the best for last. If you want to ask me, 
because mm-hmm. no offense to our friends over at the Joffrey of podcast, long <laughs> may he reign, but Joffrey was a character, you know, a caricature, I should say. Uh, Ramsey too, though he was a little bit smarter, a little bit more uh, intellectual, uh, to, for a little bit more long a little bit longer down the line on his um, knowing what he likes as far as his S&M and all that. Um, right. Euron is, like you say, he's likable. Like, I like him. And he's horrible. <laughs> but it's like, I kind of like him. I kind of think he's a cool dude. I mean, when he's riding along and he's just talking shit to Yara, and then he's like, Theon, that twat. Like just, and he just kind of says it to himself. You know what I mean? Like he's not, I just like that man. Like he's not bending over into her face like Joffrey or Ram, like that twat. Like he's just kind of like, you're, you're, I love that you said that. Like he's a young Jamie. I didn't think of that. And I think that that's funny because that's the, that's like the mirror of the prophecy of Cersei. That a younger, mm-hmm. you know, more beautiful woman will, will supplant her. Um, so Jamie knows that. Is he feeling that this is, you know, this is a more young, this is a younger guy? Uh, throughout this entire episode, up until the last scene uh, with the Queen of Thorns, Jamie is getting the bad juju as far as Cersei is concerned. Right. This is not an episode that's setting up Jamie loving Cersei more. He knows what's going on. And whatever spell he was under, which also, let's just say, could have something to do with all his children dying. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everyone grieves in a different way. I think that um, Jamie's going to wake up pretty soon. I hope you're right. But I, yeah, I, I feel even him refusing sex with Cersei at first. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, even him, you know, he's trying to put the hand back on and she just, it just, he didn't want to. And, you know, it, it just seems like he is having his doubts and he's grieving. And, uh, man, uh, so I still think he's going to throw out her window. Okay. And you know what? I thought that it was going to be a reverse having sex on Joffrey's or was that Tommen's? No, it was Joffrey's on Joff when Jamie yeah. raped, I mean, basically raped her on top of that crypt. Um, right. He, I think that I thought for a second wild thought, but because we make these connections as the podcasters, I thought they were that the way I thought they were going to actually have Cersei like force him more. Because mm. if I, I may be incorrect here, but I think that's the room that Tommen jumped out of, isn't it? Does I mean she's the she's like that's her chambers now, right? Oh, it could be. So, I, I didn't even think of that. See, I don't know. I thought it was the way that the wall was shaped. It it seemed like it was like a, like a weird. Sh- I could be totally wrong, and I'm making a wrong thing here, but I just thought it was kind of like in a way, a callback to that. Um, and that ended up with Cersei really turning away from Jamie. And in mm. this case, I feel the same way. So, but anyway, Euron, 
Love them. All right, guys. I told you I'd be back, and I'm back. So I want to tell you a little bit about how awesome these <laughs> headphones have been for me. I'm starting to laugh because, like, I've wanted to talk about it. Um, I'm a stay-at-home dad, so I'm always walking around the house doing laundry, dishes, whatever. And I'm always listening to podcasts. I'm a podcast fanatic. So to be able to be charging my phone and listening is awesome. To not have the wire, to not have these cheap earbuds in my ears. I've been super excited to have these headphones. They work fantastic. The range is fantastic. I'm outside on the grill cooking. I, I get to use, it's just, it's really cool. And you know what? It's really cool for me to be able to have a company like that working with us. They're good people. Uh, the name is Studio, and it's kind of funny. It's actually the Phil Collins song. You know, Studio. Oh, man, I wish Solo was here with me to sing it. Just say the word. Yeah, baby. Anyway, so it's a funny story. Um, you can find out about that story on their website, studiosweden.com. Use the code WINNERFELL15. That's WINNERFELL15 because you'll get 15% off of any purchase. And thanks, Studio Sweden, for working with us. And hopefully uh, y'all are... Get some headphones out there, and they'll continue working with us. Um, it's a real great opportunity. So appreciate you listening to this, and back to Heath and Axel, baby. Next, we have the Cersei killing the Sand Snake and making her mom, Alaria. Now I know her name. Alaria Watch. Uh, this was okay. I mean, I thought Cersei broke a couple of times here. which She I did. What did you think of that? Yeah, no, she totally broke, but then gathered herself back. Um, I will say this. You know, I'm not, like, a huge Cersei fan. I'm not rooting for her. But I was rooting for her in this scene. Because Alaria, Alara, whatever her name is. It's Alaria. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Grivarm. Okay, Alaria, she, she had it coming, and she deserves it. And I actually... I, it's, it's it's tough to say because it's torture and it's killing a child. It's a TV show, so I can I know it's not real. Okay, so I can say this. That, what? It is well, yeah. real. Oh, oh yeah, I know, dude. Dude, this is like there was someone on Twitter. I think it was I and Trone, and they're saying something like people were complaining about you know George is going to write the fake now these fake Targaryen histories the fire and blood instead of writing the next book and I was like <laughs> yo I hate to break it to you I'm about to tell you something that's going to rock your world guess what <laughs> it's all fake okay <laughs> it's not actually real um anyway uh yeah man I I, I have to say this is now all the sand snakes are gone. Or are they? They can't even kill the sand snakes, right? Now we're going to have to wonder. As soon as Cersei left that room, the only thing I thought to myself is, motherfucker, now the, the internet is, when, when King's Landing does fall, whether it happens this season or next season, people are going to be asking, so is Alarius still down? Did we find her in the dungeon? Where is she? You know what I'm saying? This is going to be like, I just, it's almost like they did it on purpose to punish us. And it's kind of, I guess, a book readers would say like a uh, George type thing, right? Isn't they have like known to have this kind of sadistic sense of humor? Whereas they're like, yes, we inflicted these sand snakes on you and Dorn as they ride by in a 
motorcycle. Um, <laughs> and, and now since we inflicted that on you, instead of just like killing them both, we are going to keep them forever trapped. They are now basically like Schrodinger's Dornish. And they're trapped. <laughs> wait, Schrodinger's sand snakes. That's what they are. There you go. They're you trapped go. in a, a room. Are they alive? Are they dead? I don't, you don't know until you open up the room. And that's the way it's going to be forever on the internet. So I just want to say right now that I'm probably going to be here in a year and we're going to be debating whether she's still in the <laughs> fucking thing. I admit it. We're probably going to go along with it anyway, but it's going to be ridiculous. And I feel like they did it on purpose. <laughs> well, and you know, Kyburn, it could take two months, could take a year. Yes, come on. And I'm like, oh, Kyburn, don't say that. Yeah, that's, what I, that's why I thought it was on purpose. Anyway, okay, moving on. Um. <laughs> We go on to the scene that we talked about where Cersei and Jamie do it. Um, they Now, the, the only really interesting thing in this part is that as Axel Folo predicted, and I know, Matt, if you're listening, I know you love it when people take credit for a hot take, a prediction, and I'm going to do it right now. I, predict, I predicted last year that Cersei will say, fuck it, I'm going to tell everybody that we're fucking and now it seems like she's doing it. She didn't care. She opened the door. And there was an actress that looked really familiar to me. Somebody, she, she was on some other, some other sci-fi or, I don't know, I've seen her before somewhere. So if anyone knows, hit us on Twitter, at WinterfellPod. But um, that was really the only thing to take from this scene. Plus, Jamie's increasing, it seemed, uncomfortability with her. Yep. Well said. Um, all right. Next, Cersei meets with Sherlock's brother from the Iron Bank. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, that's Mark Gaddis, right? He's also yeah, one of the yeah. co-creator of uh, Sherlock, if people don't know that. Um, and this was really cool. I like it was an old school political Game of Thrones scene. I dug it. Yep. It felt like Tywin and him talking, you know, and he even mentions it like, oh, you're her, you're your father's daughter. Uh, as we, me and you are doing some weird voices tonight, yeah, I know, but I dude. love it. I love it. Too. I, I, I love it. It's funny. It's funny. It's so bad. I, it's so great. Anyway, you can, uh, no. Uh, yeah, man, it was just nice to, cause I, I, I didn't think we'd ever see him again, but I like, I liked it. I was a little surprised that yeah. he was the guest from Bravos. Yeah. So, yeah, which when they said that at first, I was like, oh shit, it's Jackin, baby. You know what Jack I'm saying? And, yeah. he, and he's going to be like, we trained Arya as you asked us to. <laughs> oh, no. Right? She's like the yeah. born Arya. Oh. <laughs> and then Cersei's going to be like, what is the code word? The Manchurian Arya. <laughs> anyway. Um, Manchurian Arya. It was a good scene. I liked it. Old school. Yes, he did say you're like your father about eight times. And this whole <laughs> episode was, I mean, look, let's be honest here. There were not, I mean, I, I'll just say this. I remember almost every single podcast I listened to coming into this season over the off season. And I sampled more than coming right into when it got closer because then leaks started to happen. But most people were saying, well, Danny has this huge army. What are they going to do? 
I think they've done a pretty good job of this rise of Cersei. It's the Cer- it's the Cernanissons, the Cersesons, Cersesons. It's the Cersesons. Okay, Cersei is saying, "Okay, all right." She is taking it over, man. <laughs> wait, sorry, wait, hold on. You just dropped a McConaughey. It's right. all right. First of all, it's all right, all right, oh, all right. Whatever. Not okay, all right. Fuck oh, that God. dude, man. You're cracking me up. Fuck that McConaughey. Hey, I love him. I look. You be I nice. look. I love him too. But that speech at the Oscars where he was like, I'm going to talk to my future. It was a little bit too much. You should have just gotten up there and said thank you. But anyway. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I, all right, all right. J.K. Okay. Living. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get back to business, baby. Yeah, let's get back. Let's get back. Um, I like the scene. It was cool. He was more aggressive than I thought, and I I remember that I've kind of always been surprised at how political the bank was, and I liked it, so I liked it again, and um, hey, it looks like she solved that problem. A lot of people were wondering about that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, there's no way, and you know, in going into this season, I was like, there's no way Cersei's going to be able to win, or, and and you know what? (laughs) She's off to a damn good start in the Cersei Sans. So, yes. yep. The Cersanasans is happening. Cersanasans. I like um, that one better. So, That's uh, let's see. Where are we going? Uh, sir, oh, okay. Now we have a little, again, followed up with a, a, with a series, three scenes back to back to back that I thought was well placed. Again, in the, again, this season, they seem to be staying longer in places instead of jumping around um and i like that so john talks to Tyrion. Tyrion talks to danny danny talks to john um let's go first when john talks to Tyrion. they kind of you know Tyrion makes fun of him for being so um what is he what is he what does he say he is uh, i don't know powder i can't remember what's, what's the know. word uh, no that he's like yeah, yeah, that he's pouting. Yeah, that he pout. No one can like that. I don't be as it. sullen as him. Um, but I liked it. Again, this is more of them getting along, and we should get used to this because if things go the way that most people want, Danny and John are going to be a a team, and Tyrion is going to be kind of helping them, and they need John. They they. Uh, the one thing that annoyed me about this whole exchange is that they didn't figure out the whole thing that everybody's been saying, which is, well, who knows battle tactics? Well, actually, John does more so and, and Davos and the people they have and even Tormund, like, I, I just feel like they have more experience, you know, and they could really fulfill a, something that's missing that Tyrion is obviously not doing that great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and how how amazing would it be? How amazing would it be if you know John Davos, Jorah, and Dario were there to lead? Like I, I like that foursome. Yeah, uh, and yep. add, add a little Tyrion into it. No pun intended. Uh, then you could get to, you know maybe some button heads, but I think they could the four of them could come together. But that's just a pipe dream of mine. Yeah, you miss Dario, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. I, I do. Know. I like the new Dario. Yeah. I didn't like the other Dario. I did not like him at all, but I like Michael Houston, the actor. He, I wish, I wish he was more prevalent in this season, but you never know. 
You never know. And you know what, Solo? In some ways, Dario's kind of the Sawyer of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe that's why I like him. That's why you like him, baby. <laughs> um, so, okay, so John, do you have anything else you want to say about that little convo John and Tyrion have? No, I just, again, like seeing those two characters reunite and talk, and I hope there's more. Yeah, and then Tyrion talks to Danny, and basically all, from my memory, uh, all they really talk about is the matter at hand. And they go back again, uh, you know, kind of reviewing the past, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which I liked. And Tyrion kind of arguing for a more of the middle way, the middle path. Like, look, you don't have to fucking kill him. You don't have to get, you know, say that he's the, uh, the king. Why don't you just deal with what you have to deal with, give him what he wants, and let this is an ally we could use down the road. And I like that. I thought that that was, I have a feeling, now let me just say this. I have a feeling that there's going to be book readers who are really not going to like this. And say that this is like bad writing or something or it's too convenient. When I think it's a natural progression of the way that both John and Danny wish that politics happened in Westeros. You mm-hmm. know, where people didn't just like hush, like go on my father's name and like rush out <laughs> like a bunch of fucking morons. Like I know people are into that and that's like the history of Westeros. But to me, it's kind of like it, it, it just becomes a little boring after a while. And what Tyrion, I mean, what, yeah, what Tyrion, Danny, and John stand for is a new way. And I think <laughs> that this could be it. Yeah. And plus, he's like, you didn't even know there was dragon glass below this. Just let him have it. <laughs> you know, like it makes sense. It makes sense. And I, I hope people aren't like, oh, that's you. So, come on. I mean, well, whatever. <laughs> it was good but I, I i keep thinking that you know how lady olena told uh are you you know are you a puppet or are you a dragon or whatever she said so i'm i'm like is she not gonna listen to Tyrion at some point so that's why i was like i wasn't sure if she was gonna go ahead uh and give john that which in the next in the third the trilogy scene there that does happen and it actually shocks john uh, and she's even going to give him men or any men he needs to help. So I guess in like one week, they're going to have all the dragon glass ready to yeah. go. Well, and the end a thousand ships, dude, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll yeah. have a if thousand. You can't get ships. dragon glass yeah. that quick. Come on. They're just going to break down all the outhouses along that way, along that <laughs> big, like, freaking brick walkway. They're just going <laughs> to break them all down and make them into a thousand ships. Um, yeah, I, I like the way you said that it did shock John and I thought that that was cool. Um, and I thought that this was, I really, I liked this. I think it's a natural progression again, like I say, of the way that they want things to go. They don't want to be their parents. And I think that sticking to these old ways is dumb. And I hope that that's a part, I, I think, and I hope that that's a part of what the end game here is. It's creating a new way of living. It's creating a new way of the upper class relating to the common folk, uh, you know, more democratic and more Mm -hmm. socialist and more just getting along, you know, and doing for others as well as doing for yourself, you know, giving of yourself for the benefit of others. And I, I, I dig that. Yeah, and it's it's not penalizing the child for a father or mother's mistakes. 
and starting it anew and, right. and moving forward and moving forward with the times. You don't have to do everything just because it worked for thousands of years or hundreds of years because everything doesn't work perfectly. But sometimes you got to you need change. And the way to survive now in this world, everyone needs to is changing. And I think that is important. Definitely, bro. All right, cool. So it'll be really interesting to see um, how this goes along. And is John, it's interesting, is John literally going to just sit out whatever happens between Cersei and Danny? That's interesting. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, uh, that would leave men there for when they need them, you know, for the other fight, I guess, or make John feel that way. And then whoever's left, but that's, in- I, I, I don't know. I'm digging this man. I like the way it's going. Okay. Next scene. Sans is in charge of Winterfell and the nights. Yeah. I have to oh. sing it, baby. Um, okay. This was a weird scene. Sansa is all of a sudden telling people to put armor on things and doing things, walking through the checklist. But then by the end of the scene, Littlefinger puts some dirty uncle spell on her and she's like, oh, staring into his eyes. And he's got her convinced that she can't trust anyone. And he's laying the seed again for this go against her brother bullshit. So anyway, to me, the most interesting part of the scene was that the maester said that Maester Lewin kept all his scrolls. And that seemed to make Littlefinger either nervous or inquisitive or something. And I thought that was interesting, but I don't know, man, I got to say, don't, don't, don't have much faith in the way that they write Sansa. Uh, the actress is doing her best. Um, but this is like, she's in charge. And then by the end of it, she's under Littlefinger's spell and a little bit more. So it's, it was kind of weird to me. I hated it. This is what dragged the episode down for me. Yeah. Like she said, put leather on there. She's doing all this. Like, okay, fine. I can buy that. Maybe she knows what's going on and what needs to be done. And then all of a sudden little finger gets her alone, just what he wanted. And they're, you know, and well, I guess he's going to die. Cause John said he'd kill him if he talked to Sansa. So, <laughs> but I just, I, I'm uneasy with it. And I just, uh, you know, part of it too, though, is I'm not rooting for Littlefinger, but at the same time, it just—I don't know—it just Sansa stuff. I, you know, I got yeah. to a point where I was enjoying Sansa stuff. Now I'm back to kind of, oh, brother. See, I've—I mean, we've all traditionally had problems with her character, and as I've said before, I think one of the issues too is as a man talking about it, she, uh, the character of Sansa in the books and to book readers, I feel represents something and that and to women too you know and i think that there's an importance there to be found in her story but i also think that they're inconsistent with the way they present it um and i feel that by the end of this sansa looks dumb and i think that gina wrote in uh, and the feedback episode that we put up on the Patreon page. Hey, check our Patreon page on Friday nights because I've been posting feedback episodes there for everyone to listen to. Um, just That's my cheap way of getting you over to come to the page. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Gina had a great point about like all the stuff that Sansa knows, right? 
that he killed right. Liza. Uh, could maybe Sansa could somehow get in with Robin Aaron? And it's like I'm interested in that. If Sansa does that stuff and she's writing letters and she's doing that, that's awesome. But walking through and telling people to put leather on stuff and like doing the checklist and then Littlefinger puts a spell on it just felt weird to me. So let's see what happens. But you know, the next scene, the next couple of scenes also kind of bring her down a peg, which is Bran returns and Sansa gets to see him. Yeah, I thought I thought it was gonna be Arya. I didn't think it was gonna be Bran. Me too. Me too. But then I was thinking it has to be Bran, because there's no way Arya's coming right through that gate as herself, dude. That's 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 a great point. That's a great point. I just I didn't realize Bran like I thought he was gonna be chilling at the wall with your boy Ed, but I guess not. <laughs> he had to go home. He had to go home. Yeah, no more Dolores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was I was a little emotional. I wasn't crazy emotional. Uh like when Sansa and John kinda I, I met or we have, you know, some you know, Sun and Jin <laughs> reunions. Yeah. But but it just, but I, it was good. But Brand, you know, he's in a weird place now. Mm-hmm. He's different. He just seems not all there. He's there, but not there. But that's that's his character now. Yeah, dude, definitely, definitely, Brand has been smoking too much weirweed, man. He, <laughs> he is fucking tripping, bro. And that yeah. did take the emotionality of it. But again, let me say. Who the fuck cares when Sansa meets one of her brothers and sisters? I mean, it was nice when she met John, but then we were like, well, they didn't get along. She didn't get along with any of them. And that's kind of her story, right? So uh, I'm not faulting. She was the little princess. And, you know, seeing John and Arya get back together, that would be cool. Even That's going to be amazing. Even Bran and Arya, that's going to be cool. Arya and... and, um, and Sansa is going to be, hey, they didn't get along, but they have a lot to share with each other. So that's going to be interesting. So they did kind of get out of it by all of a sudden Bran is now a little bit more messed up than he was when we last saw him, had extended time with him last season. Yes. Where he seemed to have a little bit more of his wits about him, you know, um, but oh, no, wait, maybe I'm wrong. He was still kind of comatose out when we last saw him being pulled on this sled, wasn't he? Uh, a little bit. I don't think as much as we see him here. Okay, okay. Because from my recollection, when he was talking to Uncle Benjamin and all that, he seemed more brand. But this is totally changed. Yeah. Uh, I think ever since Uncle Benjamin left him, got to the wall, and now his journey to Winterfell, he's starting to, maybe as he gets closer to home, it's happening i don't know he seems more comatose brand to me yeah and it's also could just be that like the three-eyed raven said the longer you're there kind of the weirder you get you know yeah and maybe bran is also kind of i mean the way that I mean, traditionally in these stories, whether it's sci-fi or fantasy, when you have this kind of contact with a power like this, it becomes like Lord of the Rings, like an addiction, you know, the ring, you know, yeah. <laughs> my precious, my precious. Um, yeah. So 
this weird weed is kind of like that to Bran, you know, he's mainline in that shit and he's fig- finding a lot of stuff, but he's like, I, he's pushing himself though too, because he's like, I have to do better. So maybe he's spending a lot of time there and it didn't take him long to get to the weirwood tree. You know, it's like he needs to be near it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the fact that he's like, I got to tell, I got to speak with John. Oh, so, good catch solo. Yep. yep. So, I guess that's going to be the Targaryen talk. I don't know. I, I'm really like chomping at the bit to see the the revelation that he's Stark and uh, Targaryen. But yeah, we're going to have to wait for that. I'm sure. You mean his Stargarian? Shout out. Uh oh. Um. So, Bran returns. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Bran now. Bran and Sansa go at the Weirwood again. Same thing. Um. Great scene beautiful love the way it was shot he starts to like like intimate descriptions of what happened to her and ramsey because he was there and like that wedding um, night yeah i mean i guess we just have to assume that bran pretty much has read the books you know (laughs) (laughs) at this point bran has read the books like not only that he 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 hacked into george's computer and he knows what's going to happen you know? Well, he knows the real and the fake. Yeah, uh, lore. exactly. Yeah, he knows the real stuff. You're right, Solo. Um, <laughs> but that's interesting. One thing I want to say is he says something like he says, "I know what's happened," but I don't. I have to watch it again. I was waiting for him to say, "I've seen what's to come," or like I've been, I've seen, or I've already seen what happens, or something because. You know, I'm hip to this idea that this thing can go whack job and we can find out that Bran is like manipulating time and space. And, you know, and I, like I'm open to that. So I thought that that was interesting that maybe they veered away from that. Yeah, I, I, I he didn't say I know he said I know what's going on, you know, like what's happening now. He did, I don't think he said anything about the future because he said in pieces, but he could be alluding to it or he's putting the pieces together. But he doesn't seem too happy. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just, you know, the weed or, the, you know, the yeah, know, whatever. Man. Yeah, I, you know, at first I'm thinking with, you know, I got to speak to John, what Bran said. It's like, oh, he's got to tell me he's a Targaryen or whatever. And I'm thinking there's got to be more than that. Maybe Bran's seen how to defeat the Night's King or he's got more information about defeating the white walkers. There's gotta be something more. Maybe you're right. Maybe he sees part of the future and he has to tell John, maybe this is how, maybe this is how he'll change the future. You know, maybe, maybe he saw something and he's going to, like you said, he's going to try to manipulate what's to happen. So by giving John information, who knows, but is everything happened the way it's supposed to? I don't know in this show, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that you're right because the way I see it is this. It's, it doesn't matter. It, okay. It only matters who John's parents are. If it matters to the story, right? It matters, it matters to the emotional side of the story because of Ned, blah, blah, blah. It has to do with the politics and all that. But does it have to, does that make, is that what makes John special, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where Bran would come in, you know? 
because yeah. Bran is totally like John has one focus, which is to get the White Walkers to stop them. So I think that I almost think that Bran telling John that he's a Stargarian is a side note to exactly what you're talking about, which is a bigger conversation about, and I know how to defeat them, mm. you know, or yep. him saying something crazy to him, you know, you must die to defeat them or I must die to defeat, or, you know, something like that. So we're on, right. the, we're on the same, we're on the same page there. Um, cool. All right. Now we jump to a quick, quick couple of scenes. Jorah's cured. He's okay. The the maester is looking at him, the archmaester. Then Sam goes to the principal's office, the archmaester's <laughs> office, and he congratulates him instead of Sam thinks he's going to get, you know, thrown out of there. And a lot of people were predicting that this was the way Sam gets kind of thrown, get, get gets pushed out um, so he can get back to John and whatnot, maybe steal a couple books. But it looks like Sam's staying there, which I thought was cool. And I thought it was kind of a little, again, a little bit of humor here. I liked it where, you know, he's kind of like, what did you expect? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. your, your, your prize is that I'm not throwing you out. So I liked it. And Jorah gets to leave, which I, this was a little fishy and fast to me. Yeah. I mean, our, our good friend and co-host Donald, uh, tweeted that, it, wow, he got cured fast, you know, but passage of time, I don't think it happened in one night. Uh, maybe it's, you know, time is jumping in this show. Uh, uh, would we want to see five more episodes of is Jorah going to live or not? I'm glad they got to it. Yes or no. Uh, but you know, he has to go back to Khaleesi. Uh, I guess that's where his loyalty is and he will die for her. Um, but I love Sam in that. I'm loving the Sam character now that he's at the Citadel. I, I, like I said this last week, he's in his element and I'm just really enjoying the Sam character now. And especially there's no Gilly. <laughs> they're not, yeah. they're not. I know Mikey Hall loves, loves Gilly, as he said a few, on the preview podcast, but cause she's been through a lot, but it kind of, I don't know if she's really needed at this point, maybe eventually, but, um, Sam in his element at the Citadel. I like it. And I like Jorah. I know some people are sick of him, but I like him. Okay. Um, Yeah, I guess my feeling on it is that um, Jorah is a good guy. I like him. A little bit of Jorah friend zone. I'm not like in love with the guy. I hope he does more. To me, this whole thing just serves a purpose of tying two disparate elements that can join Danny and John together. Yeah. You know, you have their two trusted people trust each other, just like kind of Tyrion and John, the connections They're you know, like, look, man, they're vibing. Their camps are vibing. They're not ready to like join squads yet, but they're friendly. You know what I'm saying? They're texting they're not like meeting <laughs> up a lot, but they're texting, you know, like right. people know each other when they get together and have hors d'oeuvres. They can, you know, this one can talk to that one. So I like this. It's team building and you're right. In the end, it, it's, it's better that they didn't drag it on and I can accept yeah. the passage of time as well. Um, but I want to go against what you said about Sam. I love Sam. I love now that he has such initiative and he's so bold, 
but I just wish that we were finding out more history and stuff like that through him. And, and, and now that this is over, good. I hope next episode he's back to those books. Sure. But I, I will say this. For, the, for those of you office people who hate making copies, just think if you were alive during this time. Sam has to make copies by hand. <laughs> yeah, man, that is much worse than a mimeograph machine. <laughs> yeah. You know, having to do it all by yourself. Write it. Damn. Um, Sam making copies. Yeah, making Samarolo. copies. The copy machine. Uh, all right. So now we get into basically what, you know, we're getting into now, just like last episode, we kind of have a, about... I think this started kicking off at about 50 minutes into the episode and then it kind of ended the episode. And this was a, an hour five, I, uh, which was what the time says, how, how yeah. long it actually was is shorter than that. It was probably close again to a full hour. Cause you have the intros, the outros, blah, blah, blah credits, but, um, the whole battle here. So I love the way they did this. This is kind of like, this is like oceans 11 style. Right. They're they're (laughs) they're talking about it. And then as they talk about it, you start to see it happening. So then this way we can kind of keep it moving. And, you know, you can even tell again that they put more money into this because they kept the close scenes. There were some close scenes, but you still got some nice wide scenes, some CGI, a lot of people fighting. So um, basically the unsullied are taking Casterly Rock. It's it's Danny, Tyrion, and Varys standing there talking. They talk strategy. It segues into the Unsullied taking Casterly Rock. You see Grey Worm battling. He uses Tyrion's, I'm going to call it the whore's back door. Uh, (laughs) That's literally what it was, right? No, Uh, no, I know. I'm just laughing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, You're dead on. They use the whore's back door. Then he realizes that the Lannisters aren't there. And he sees Euron's ships at the same time. We cut. Where are we? What's happening? Jamie's there. Oh my God, what's happening? It's Jamie, Sam's dad and brother, and Bran as well. And guess what they're doing? We see... Braun. Braun, not Bran. Oh, I'm sorry. Braun. Good job. I, I had that wrong in my notes there. Sorry, but you're right. It definitely wasn't Bran. Wouldn't that be yeah, funny? I was like... He's standing there. Yeah. Welcome, guys. I guess that answered our question, if Bran's fucking with shit. Yeah, Bran was in the background telling people <laughs> where to go, influencing them, calling out father. Um, so it kind of, it was funny because they tricked you here where they had Lady Olena peeking out a window and you're like, why the fuck is she at Casterly Rock? And then you you realize as Jamie is there, and oh, they took High Garden, and this was a great military strategy. Again, Danny Tyrion, I don't know, man, just not this strategy did not work. Uh, and that happens in war. It doesn't mean they're going to lose the war, but they lost these battles. Um, so, what did you think of this kind of before we get to the end? And what did you think and of this yeah. whole sequence? You know, at first, I didn't know if I liked it. Uh, I, I'm still don't. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I just at the Ocean's Eleven. It just again, it's something else that doesn't fit for me in this show. But you know, it wasn't. It didn't take me away from it at all. Um, but I liked when 
uh, Tyrion talked about the backdoor horn entrance or whatever. <laughs> he went the the sewer uh, tunnels or whatever. That was cool. Um, I actually thought Jamie was at. I thought they were at Dragonstone. But that, that's what I thought at first, and then when I saw Lady Olenna, I go, "Oh, they're taking High Garden." So, but I didn't think they. But then I'm like, well, they wouldn't be at Dragonstone. They they're not going to do that in the third episode. Uh, so so I wasn't. I didn't think Lady Olenna was at um, Castle Rock. I thought. I don't know what I thought. I thought she was at Dragon. I don't know. So I was a little confused there for a second. But, uh, yeah, Braun. We saw Braun for a little bit. I saw his name in the – Jerome Flynn's name in the credits, so I knew I was waiting for him. And I'm like, he got basically like one shot on a horse, but uh, maybe we'll see more of him. Uh, so I don't know, Axel. I don't know if I liked the uh, – I don't know if I liked the sequence as much. Um, I love the way it was shot. And it was well executed. It just didn't feel right for me. But you know, maybe upon rewatch, I'll change my mind. Okay, okay. I, I, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it worked really cool. well. Um, cool. I, I wish that I can see what you're saying. Um, it was, I guess, I don't know. I guess maybe they could have. They, I did notice that they weren't going all out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like on yeah. the bat. It was reminding me a little of when the harpies attacked. <laughs> you remember? Oh, yeah. And then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's just get five guys in a tunnel with Grey Worm. You know what I'm saying? Like it, So where you couldn't tell the scope of things as much. But I, but I feel like it was a step mm-hmm. above that. But it didn't reach the oh shit level of this is awesome. Yeah, no. It's like it could have been a black water event, but it was more. It's not a big deal. It's more moving the pieces and seeing what what happened. The only thing that bothers me is the scene. What it was in what episode two maybe uh, when Tyrion's like we're gonna take Castle Rock and everyone agrees or episode one whatever it was and. And then it's like, well, they know we're coming now. And I'm like, wait, how do they know that? Yeah. I thought yeah. they would get that information from being, tr- you know, uh, taken uh, Yara and uh, Alada or whatever. <laughs> but uh, so that was like, wait a minute. You, you were making such a big deal to take Castle Rock and this is a great plan. But now you, they know you're coming. How did you find out? Yeah, and it also it also kind of to me it almost like when he said that it almost defeated the purpose. Then why take it? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same damn thing. I know it's too late. You can't call him on the cell phone and say retreat. But it was. I, I just did that part. It just. Yeah. That's what I think took me out of that because of that, and it took me out of the great visual. Um, aspect of it and everything. I was just like, man, then why are you doing this? And again, I'm like, Tyrion of Mr. Blackwater, strategy, strategy guy, it's not working out now. Yeah, yeah. So. It's it's almost like Tyrion, you know how sometimes there's people who are just better when they're down and out? Right. You know what I mean? Like He needs wine, dude. Needs yeah, wine. yeah. It's almost <laughs> like Tyrion was a better strategist when his back was against the wall um, and his sister was going to kill him, you know? And, right, right. 
excuse me. And, uh, and now he's got this whole big, it's like they had this whole big strategy to not use their army in a war. So it didn't make sense. I, I just think that uh, in the end, I'm not a war strategist. I'd, l- I'd love to listen to some other. You're podcast. not? No, I'm not, actually. Oh. I mean, I know we've been in battle together in the trenches of podcasting. He's solo, but, <laughs> you know, I can strategize on like if DJ Tim Hines is being too sarcastic, but <laughs> otherwise it's hard. Yeah. I just, I, I guess you're talking me into this now, solo. Uh oh. You're talking me into it. You know, I got to watch it again, but. I guess I just appreciated kind of the way they put it together. But in the end, another thing to keep in mind is that both Casterly Rock and High Garden are not places that we're very familiar with. I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember. I think we've been to High Garden before, but I don't know how, uh, what, uh, if we saw a wide shot like that. And I, I think that was the first time we saw Casterly Rock. Yeah, I, you know, I don't remember. So uh, that that adds to it as well. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I guess they try, kind of took took advantage of that confusion when they flashed all of a sudden to Elena. But um, I and maybe I just noticed it late, and other people noticed it as soon as they saw the Euron ships and and the look on uh, Obama Grey Worm's face. But I think that you know. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Anyway, let, let's yeah. go to the end here. Okay, let's do this. Jamie has it out with the Queen of Thorns. This scene was fucking awesome. Yes. If I if I go back and find that I don't like the other stuff, I'm still gonna like this. Take it away, Solo. What did you think? Fantastic scene with Jamie and Lady Olena. I, I loved the dialogue back and forth. She swallows that poison really fast. She's like, I'm done. She's like, all right, I'm done. But the fact that she lets Jamie know and tell Cersei, I was the one who poisoned Joffrey. I loved it. I love Jamie's look. And it's like, that's going to set in motion. Oh, it wasn't Tyrion. And we'll, we'll see how Cersei reacts. But fantastic scene. Again, this episode was strong in dialogue. Great acting, great scenes. It really, it was, I really enjoyed it. And I loved this scene. Cool, man. Yeah. You make great points, brother. You make great points. Um, you make better ones, but. Oh, come on, brother. Yeah, well, come um, on. I like that. And I think that uh, I had not even thought of the whole Tyrion angle. Um, because, you know, sometimes I get. Sometimes with especially with Cersei I'm like does she really believe that he killed Joffrey you know what I mean like yeah. she does you know she and really does I forget also like when Arya saw the play like he's known throughout the land that was a problem of him coming back to Westeros right that, yeah, he, right. that he was the evil devil wimp you know uh, imp he was the uh, <laughs> what is it again monkey he was the devil monkey pop <laughs> or something Something like he that. He was the Monkey Devil podcast. There's a podcast. A demon Monkey. He was the Demon Monkey. Demon Monkey, yes. Um, so, yeah, but this was great, man. Um, what's her name? Diana Rigg, right? Oh, Diana Rigg, baby. She, uh, I mean, the, you caught that too, the way she just gulped it down. She was like, is there any pain? He was like, nope. So, <laughs> good. Well, 
Um, and I thought it was just great. Yeah, I was waiting for her to say it. And you saw Jamie. He was thinking for a second whether he should take his sword and just stab her just to fucking give her some pain. Right. But the fact that he didn't do it and the, and the whole when they had he broke, we saw Cersei it, even in their time of this victory. They are a not really solid crew, you know, because right, right. you got you, the, you're on a you're on a Jamie thing, Jamie and Cersei thing. And Jamie, I think, broke when she said to him, you know, I'm never going to leave. Nothing we say is ever going to leave this room through me. Right. Or something mm-hmm. like that. And then he and then she kind of said to him you're really in love with her and it's too much and you can't control yourself. And he kind of said, it's out of my control, Mm. you know, and he like admitted that to her and it was like they were in a therapy. That's right. Right. That's great acting, man. That in one scene, the dynamic between the two people went back and forth from where she had higher ground. He had higher ground. And even though he always held over her and she knew that she was going to die and he was going to kill her, uh, she was still able to maneuver with him, you know? And when you lose, one of the things is when you move to this next generation, you do gain these new ideas, but you do lose that assuredness and you do lose that experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that her, there's so much talk about this in this episode and her dying is kind of like the last remnants. Well, there's others like Sam's dad and what have you. Um, and the dude who was hanging out with, who was that guy who all of a sudden popped up again? Um, he was hanging out with, um, not that with, uh, with Sansa and Littlefinger. Oh, he was the Vale oh, guy. Oh, the Vale, yeah, the one of the three like council Vale, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was the guy that Robin Aaron almost like remember Littlefinger kind of put the heel to him by making Robin Aaron say he might kill him. Right. That was right. last season. Um anyway, you know, it was it was a goodbye in many ways to a, a part of this show that we all miss. I think you know I miss Tywin. I miss Lady Olenna. I I like that yeah. kind of politics. So it was a great scene. Yeah, great scene. And it, I wonder. Hopefully, it'll uh, get Jamie's mind going that he needs to <laughs> do something about Cersei. But time will tell. Yeah, man. All right. So uh, All right. Be- before we wrap it up, Solo, I just wanted to ask, just looking ahead a little bit, I didn't watch the preview. Did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. So let's not do that then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, let's just kind of talk about what might be happening. But Yeah, um, I can't comment. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I'll, 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 I'm still waiting until the, uh, the pod because I don't want to be, uh, I don't want it to seep in or anything like that. Not that that happened to you, Solo, but. No, that's no, that's no. why I'm waiting. But um, other people will probably end up talking about some of that. So, um, any final words, buddy? No, die a great episode. Episode three, we got four left. Oh man, it's going to end quick. I'm sad. Yeah, I know, right, bro? 
we Ugh. in other years we'd be like we're just kicking we're just getting started man right you know? right but, be um, so lightning quick okay so one last question to you okay we're at the end of episode three there's only seven episodes i'm not very good at math but i would suppose that that really means that we're you know we're going to be halfway through the season in the middle of next episode do you feel like you're halfway through a season no but well, yeah, because the finale is going to be an extra time. So true, true. Te- technically, next. Um, well, may- maybe I do, because <laughs> a lot is going on. I don't know. I I, I uh, no, because it's episode three. But I mean, as much as people complain about shows being too slow and filler episodes, we're not getting filler, people. So. Yeah, I guess I guess this is how it would be if we didn't have a lot of character. But we're at a point now. We know the characters. We know what's going on. Uh, it, it does feel. I probably know more in retrospect watching this season again. But I, I kind of don't feel like we're halfway. But if you said you were halfway, I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. It does feel that way. So basically, I didn't answer your question. So there you go. I love you anyway, man. Don't worry about it. I don't really. Do never... you? <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't. But I'll say this much, though. With this show, I easily believe I could feel that way halfway through the next episode. Okay. Yeah, that's probably – I'll actually probably feel the same. So I'll put it to you that way. It is moving fast, though. And, and it they, is. And, and you see the money on the screen. You do. I have to say, each one of these episodes has bigger scenes that, you know, are not, we're not in other uh, seasons. So, um, all right. Uh, that's about it, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening. DJ Tim Hines will be back tomorrow on the talk shoe wheels of steel. He's been doing great. Again, you do not have to have a talk shoe login or you have to join anything. You just come into there. Put in our call ID, hit one, and you're a guest. It's going to be awesome. Uh, other than that, Mike, Tracy, and Donald will be back later on in the week. And uh, who knows? There's going to be other stuff happening. Like I said, don't forget to check our Patreon page on Friday nights because I have been posting feedback pods early up there. Um, other than that, Solo. Derek Gailey's and Valor Juliana Margulies. Yeah, baby. Valor more Podcasts. Voila. Thank you for listening to Podcast Winterfell. You can find the podcast at dvrpodcast.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash dvr. You can email the podcast, podcastwinterfell at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Winterfell Pod and on Facebook, Podcast Winterfell.